and welcome to the Victory Devotional Podcast. We invite you to take the next few minutes to connect with God, hear His voice, and respond in worship and prayer. Here's today's message. We are at war. Now, believe it or not, acknowledge it or not. In fact, you know, there's a war ongoing in Eastern Europe. But this is beyond physical war. There's a war for your soul. There's a war for other people's souls. There's a war for truth. There's a war for the lives of our children. There's a war for the destiny of this nation. There's a war going on in our minds today. You know, in 1 Peter chapter 4, and that's where we are today. Verse 1, the Bible says, Since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same way of thinking for whoever has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin so as to live for the rest of the time in the flesh no longer for human passions, but for the will of God. Peter says to arm yourselves. It's actually a military term that he used here. How? Since Christ suffered, be ready to suffer. This is what Peter said. I know. It's not a fun verse to memorize. It's not a fun verse to post on Instagram. But C.S. Lewis said it this way, we were promised sufferings. They were part of the program. We were even told, blessed are they that mourn. Suffering is part of the program, he says. It's not a popular message today. And you know, I know that a lot of people like feel-good messages. There are two kinds of messages. The messages we want to hear, and there are messages we need to hear. It's a fight. We're called to fight a good fight of faith. And it's a fight to respond like Jesus. Peter is telling us here that because Jesus is the Son of God, He suffered in in human flesh, we have a perfect example to follow. Peter is reminding them that the one who is willing to suffer for Christ and or suffer like Christ demonstrate that he or she has has put away the old life and is committed to the new life that we have in Christ. That doing God's will is more important than comfort. Doing His will is more important than our safety. Sacrificial life, dying to self. This is what Paul, or sorry, Peter was talking about. To, to, to flee and to fight uh, against human passions. And in verse um, 3 and verse 4, okay? So the first one is a, a, a fight, right? Um, and now it's a fight to flee human passions. Verse 3, for the time that is past suffices for what the Gentiles want to do, living in sensuality, passions, drunkenness, orgies, drinking parties, and lawless idolatry. With respect to this, they are surprised when you do not join them in the same flood of debauchery and then they malign you. And so it might appear here that at first Peter is switching gears, right? That he's dropped the subject of suffering. But here you see though, it's a contrast Uh, from verse 2, between human passions or human desires and God's will or what God desires, right? In verse 3, he talks about human passions, what the Gentiles were doing. Remember, Gentiles is a a word that refers to non-Christians. Most of the behaviors mentioned in verse 3 were related to the worship of false gods. And as verse 3 confirms, many of the Christians used to live this way. But now they're being harassed 
because they no longer go to the drinking parties or to the pagan temples or living a life of debauchery or sexual immorality. Have you been persecuted for standing for righteousness? I know it's a fight. I'm sure the verbal abuse that Peter's audience suffered were far worse. But you see, Peter is talking about these things because he knows that they were being tempted to respond to sufferings with compromise. But sometimes we, you know, rather than not being persecuted or ridiculed or teased, we just go with the flow, right? Instead of responding like Jesus, we basically give in to the human passion. So when Peter encourages them in their sufferings to fight like, uh, to fight and respond like Jesus uh, responded, and for us to be able to uh, flee human passions, it's it's a fight so that Lord arm us, give us the grace to be able to arm ourselves to, Lord, say no to sin. Say yes to you, but say no to sin. The third thing I want to talk about, it's a fight to have hope. Look at verse 6. This is why the gospel was preached even to those who are dead. That though judged in the flesh, the people, the way we, uh, the way people are, they might live in the spirit the way God does. Now, it actually sounds like an afterthought. This is a statement still connected to the theme of suffering, you might ask. Is it really? It is, okay? And, uh, it's a, it's, it, and I believe that the connection hinges on a right identification of the dead mentioned here. We can still preach the gospel to the dead? No, I don't think that's what Peter's talking about. What he's talking about that the gospel was preached to those who are now dead. It was preached to those, to, to them before they died, that the gospel was preached before their death. These Christians were troubled by the deaths of some of their fellow believers. So some wrongly assumed that death would keep the deceased from partaking Jesus' return and his ultimate victory. But Peter is reminding them here that even though the death is a manifestation of God's judgment against sin, even though they are judged in the flesh the way everyone is, the people are, the gospel brings us hope. Because of what Jesus did in Calvary, because he did not just die, but he was raised from the dead, we can have hope in the face of death. We have, because we have been made alive, alive with, with this new spiritual body, okay, or, or the body that is to come after this life, we too can have that hope. And so now, when a follower of Jesus Christ dies, we should not mourn like those without hope. I went to a funeral the other day, and again, a church member of ours, their daughter passed away, and she was only 23 because of cancer. But you know, they were so torn, and of course, they were so broken apart and heartbroken. But inside or underneath that, there was hope because they know they're going to see their 23-year-old daughter one day. We should mourn, but we should also rejoice. And when we're suffering, we fight to have this hope. We are so often driven to compromise because we're afraid that, you know, uh, what we might lose or how we're to suffer even more. But here's the thing. You and I today, we are not left without hope as 1 Corinthians 15 tells us by Paul. You and I have this hope that this life isn't all that there is. There's something beyond this life. And that we can hold on to this hope that 
In fact, Paul says, don't, don't live life as if people who don't have any hope, right? You wake up each day knowing, okay, Lord, this thing I'm going through, it's really, really hard. But I am not without hope. I can look forward to the future that one day, all this will be gone. That's what they had to go through. In fact, that's what they were holding on to because people were being sawn in half. People were being fed to the lions. People were being killed, put into boiling oil. And yet they said, I'm going to see Jesus one day anyway. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ is upon all of us, upon you, upon me. And so as we end today, I want to encourage you today. I want to encourage you that we can arm ourselves. We will fight the good fight until our last breath because it is the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that upholds us. Amen? Let's pray. Father God, thank you. Thank you that in the name of Jesus, Lord, we can fight to become like Christ. We can fight to have hope. Lord, and we can fight to continue pursuing what you have called us to do, to flee passions of earthly lusts. Because, Lord, your grace is more than sufficient. Lord, until we see you face to face, we will persevere. And I pray in the name of Jesus. There are those of you here, listen. Some of you are listening to this podcast or listening to this, watching this video right now. And you're about to give up hope because of the pain, because of the suffering, because of the hurt and the brokenness. It seems like it's hard to wake up the next morning. It's hard to like, Put one foot forward in front of the other. But listen, God says, I am with you until the end of the age. In fact, because the Lord is at my right hand, I will never be shaken. Thank you that you're going to give, Lord, my brothers and sisters watching this an assurance. You are for them, not against them. You are with them every single step. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now let's continue to worship Jesus. The same hands that hold the sea Still my soul and quiet me The same hands that hold the sea Still my soul and quiet me. You never let me go. You hold me. You hold me. As we end, I want to read from 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. I mentioned that earlier. 
the grace of Jesus upon you. And then the love of God, the love of the Father, and then the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And as we leave today, let that be so evident in your lives, the grace of Jesus, the love of the Father, and then the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Lord, may you let these things be evident in our lives today. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a great day ahead. Thanks for joining us today. We hope this helps you build a habit of hearing from God daily. For more messages like these, follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to watch these messages live every morning, visit us on facebook.com slash victoryph.